With all the changes the Nittany Lions are making at wide receiver, we are really seeing a reset at that position. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Zach Seiko, and joining me, welcome back once again, Jeff Byers, the voice of of Penn State Wrestling on the show. Jeff, appreciate your time and great to have you again. Uh, it's uh, great to be with you and definitely an uh, exciting time of the year here for Penn State Athletics, that's for sure. Yeah, this is kind of the, uh, at least in on this show, it'll be the Penn State Wrestling Preview as they will take on number three Michigan coming into the Bryce Jordan Center this upcoming Friday. This Wednesday, this uh, episode is going up Wednesday, January 18th. So we'll have a, a couple days to to watch it at or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts uh, at your disposal. But we're going to talk some Penn State football first before we preview Penn State versus Michigan. And of course, they got Iowa coming up uh, just the uh, the next Friday. So this is really the heart and soul of this schedule. But for Penn State football, I mean, one moment, it was a few days ago, people were talking about Taylor Stubblefield and what's the answer at the wide receiver position? Why aren't they getting recruits? And, and now all of a sudden, Coach Stubblefield is gone. And Penn State has picked up not one, but two players out of the transfer portal, one of which yeah. was Dante Cephas out of Kent State, and one that's taken a little bit of time to confirm, but multiple outlets have reported it now, so I think it's safe to say, and that's Malik McNeil out of Florida State. So, uh, Jeff, what is your whole take uh, on what ha- has happened at the wide receiver position as of late? Yeah, I don't I, – I, I mean, it's very interesting, obviously, and um... – you know, I think overall, good news for Penn State, and and I think, you know, I I, I am really curious and just uh, for curiosity's sake, <laughs> wondering, you know, whether Stubblefield, whether it was just the lack of production, uh, you know, behind the top two guys, uh, which I mean, you could make, I mean, that would seem reasonable as a, a reason for uh, his release, or if there's something else uh, going on, and. I mean, the something else could be, who knows, uh, you know, personality conflict, other issues okay. that uh, we may or may not ever know about it. It just, uh, you know, at the top end, they were getting good production. Obviously, they're getting uh, guys into the NFL. That being said, they did not get a lot of production after those top two uh, throughout the season. And so, <clears throat> you know, I think bolstering what they have now in terms of the depth at that spot uh, with the, the transfer portal is good news. And listen, I think the fact that they have everything else in place uh, makes it very likely that they are going to get uh, a very good hire and probably whoever it is that James Franklin wants uh, in that spot. Because I think when you look at the, the program overall, uh, and if you're a wide receivers coach, why would you not want to go in and and work with the guys that are going to work on the other end of Drew Aller. I mean, I, that mm. seems like a pretty good uh, spot to be. Uh, and again, I think, you know, we'll see exactly how everything shakes out. But, you know, Penn State's going to be uh, certainly in the top 10 and I think knocking on the door in, in most top five rankings uh, going into next season. So that's uh, a pretty good spot to, to land if you're an assistant coach uh, trying to improve your resume. Uh, so I, I, you know, again, I don't know what happened here with Stubblefield, uh, and it was interesting the way everything kind of went down with the transfer portal, 
you know, you got one, you lost one, you got one, you kept them, and now you got, as you said, a, a second one. And I think, um, you know, overall, I, I just I like the direction of the program, and it, it feels like, you know, this thing uh, now is still kind of riding the wave of momentum uh, that the program finished up this past season with. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that conversation is kind of going on right now where Penn state's going to rank in that preseason top 25. Uh, Some still say a fringe top 10. I I think they're in the top five for sure to start. I think fifth or sixth is going to be the place that they begin. But personally, I have them uh, at third or fourth right now. Uh, I'll go through some more rosters at a later time, but do you think there could be a reset at the wide receiver position, Jeff? I mean, cause you have Keandre Lambert Smith coming in, But now Malik McNeil feels like he can be a factor out there. And then Dante Cephas seems to be that Jahan Dotson and Mitchell Tinsley type of receiver. Not necessarily, oh, he's going to have the same production as Jahan Dotson. But basically, he comes in to be the X, which means he's going to be the number one and have the most responsibility in terms of running routes with Drew Aller. Uh, Do we see a position? I've read that Keandre Lambert-Smith could move to the slot and that Malik McNeil could be that outside receiver as the Z, and then all those youngsters that we thought were going to get an opportunity are going to be still a little bit lower on the depth chart that made a lot of progress. So uh, are all these names with Keandre Lambert-Smith going to be the starters, or do you think we're seeing a reset in progress here? Yeah, I think I think you're seeing a, a reset uh, to an extent, but I think the other thing is, and and you know, this is, what all really good programs do, right, is, is you want that competition. And, um, you know, if you have a chance to upgrade the, the talent pool, you do it. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. just, the, you know, the way it is. And I, I was talking with somebody uh, earlier today and that they're kind of miffed. They're like, well, yeah, but you made a commitment as a program to, to these kids, uh, meaning the younger kids that, that are coming up. And yeah. I yeah, the commitment's still there, but the, I mean, it, it's not a guarantee that uh, we're just going to hand you the job because you've been here a year. Uh, and I, I think, you know, real competitors want that, right? Like, like that's what you want is to be challenged and uh, to make the team uh, better. So, yeah, I think it's a bit of a reset. And I think um, I, I'm really curious to see how it all shakes out because I think the other part of this Zach and and again we don't know now but I I think you could see you know a real rotation a regular rotation of you know four to six guys uh in those receiver spots and I and that's not a bad thing I think you know it's it's not quite the same situation as the running backs but I mean I think you you know running backs now like the idea of being at least part of a two-man uh rotation because as you're looking at your NFL possibilities having a little less wear and tear at the collegiate ranks is not a bad thing. And I think that's uh, been a real selling point here for Penn State. You go back to Saquon Barkley and mm-hmm. uh, Miles Sanders. And I think, again, getting that some depth in that room uh, is a good thing. And, um, you know, again, I, I get that the pounding at wide receiver is not exactly the same as, as running back, and these guys want the ball as much as possible. But that being said, I, I think getting – uh, some real depth there and guys that you can count on if somebody does go down or needs a, a breather after a big play uh, is important if you're looking to take that next step, which Penn State obviously is, uh, in trying to get to the playoffs and, and trying to win an, another Big Ten title next season. So, um, 
you know, to me, this is all good news. And, you know, the hope is, I, I think if you're Penn State, if you're James Franklin, that some of these younger guys uh, kind of take the challenge and say, no, I'm, I'm the guy. It doesn't matter who you bring in here. Uh, I'm going to show you uh, through my improvement between now and next season that uh, you need to have me out there. And I think that's, uh, again, I think it's healthy, really healthy for the program to have that type of competition and to uh, understand that you're constantly looking to upgrade uh, the overall talent on the team, and that that uh, is something that's going to benefit the program. Jeff Byers joining me on the other side. He is the voice of Penn State Wrestling. And Jeff, actually a perfect segue into uh, our final thought about Penn State football on this show, because we got a lot to talk about when it comes to wrestling as they take on number three, Michigan. Uh, but the running backs, Kevon Lee's entering the transfer portal. Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen, as good as they are, should we can be concerned about the depth that just isn't there anymore by one player going into the portal? Now the portal's getting ready to close, but it's going to open back up after spring ball comes to yeah. an end and Penn state might have an opportunity to add someone going into the summer. Uh, and you'll have to really build that chemistry uh, quickly, but uh Kevon Lee could also come back. There's still the chance that that happens. Yeah. Uh, but what would you say is kind of the concern level if you don't have a Kevon Lee come back or you don't have a player like him out of the transfer portal to supplement a Katron Allen and a Singleton? And if one of them gets hurt, then they're real. I don't want to speak that into existence, but if one of them goes down, uh, that could spell trouble. Yeah, and I, I think this is one of the ongoing battles for uh, all of these uh, big-time college programs, right, is you're, you're wanting to build the depth, like we were just talking about at wide receiver, the, the uh, potential downfall there or, or the pitfall with it is, yeah, now you have guys that are really talented that want playing time that are going to have that playing time reduced. Uh, and again, it's it, I mean, I don't know what the answer there is with the the transfer portal and with it being as easy as it is now uh, to leave. I mean, and, and I get it. If uh, Kevon Lee uh, is good enough to be the guy right at a lot of places. I mean, I don't know if it's all but 20 schools or 30 schools or whatever, but I mean, he is a really good running back. Uh, so I get it from his standpoint, from Penn state's uh, standpoint, yeah, I, I mean, you want as much depth as you can, and, and losing him, uh, if they do, is is significant because of, of what you just said. You're always uh, just a play away. And we've seen this over the years where, you know, a team has great depth at, at a given position, and then all of a sudden, two injuries later, it's like, whoa, we are really thin there. Yeah. Uh, and with football being as physical a sport as it is, um, you know, th this is one of the real challenges, I think, for uh, coaches, again, at all of these programs. It, it's one thing to get the, the top end uh, guys into the lineup uh, and get those four and five star recruits and get them out on the field. But you know you're going to have injuries and keeping guys uh, satisfied and buying into the program when they're not the guy <laughs> and they have a lot of talent is, is not an easy thing. And I think really it's to James Franklin's credit uh, that they have not lost uh, all that many, really. Um, when you look at the, the, again, the talent level that some of the guys that are in backup roles and in Lee's case, you know, is, is the third guy uh, in that rotation really now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a concern, but I, I'm not sure, <laughs> you know, you, you don't go out and get a guy that could be a starter 
uh, and tell them that, uh, yeah, come here and be the third guy because we think we might need you, right? Like that's a pretty hard sales pitch uh, to make. So um, we'll see. I I'm curious to see because it feels like, uh, to me, like Lee might be back. Like he might just be testing the water, see what mm -hmm. uh, interest is out there. And and again, I don't blame him for that. And and he may very well go. I mean, I'm not. I have no inside information as to what uh, is in his thought process now. But I think at the end of the day, if if your concern is that you're not getting enough looks, and again, I don't know what his uh, you know number one concern is. I'm assuming it's playing time. But if you're thinking that, listen, I, I need to show NFL scouts what I can do, I'm just telling you, the NFL will find you. If you are mm -hmm. good enough and you're NFL worthy, you can be the third guy with that backfield and the NFL is going to find you, give you a look. And if, you know, if you're good enough, you're going to earn a spot somewhere on, on a roster. Um, and so, you know, I, I worry with the, the transfer portal that guys are getting too consumed with the idea that, you know, we've got to get uh, X amount of playing time to make this uh, a worthwhile experience. Uh, when you look at the, you know, the team opportunity. And again, I, at the end of the day, you're saving a lot of wear and tear in your body. If, if you're in a three man rotation like that at, at running back. So um I don't know. I we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, it is a concern for Penn State because there's no question, you know, if one of those guys goes down, uh, and God forbid if both of them go down uh, yeah. at some point next season, yeah, you're you're up against it. But you're not alone. I mean, Penn State is uh, that's not a unique situation to the Nittany Lions. There's a lot of schools trying to figure out how to to keep everybody happy when uh, you get additional talent into that room. It is Locked on Nittany Lions with special guest Jeff Ironhead Byers, the voice of Penn State Wrestling, and we're going to do just that. Talk about the Penn State Mat Men as they take on Michigan, and there's plenty to unpack from the Wisconsin meet that they just had, and we'll discuss that here next. Today's episode is sponsored by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college basketball, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen every day. Hey, you got to check our brand new podcast out, the brand new show on Locked on, and that is Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, the big name insiders, the big name coaches, players, it's all at Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, like Locked on Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Zach Seiko, joined by special guest Jeff Ironhead Byers, the voice of Penn State Wrestling. Jeff, I appreciate the insight into football but now your true area of expertise and that is wrestling covering this team year in year out <laughs> like uh no like any other year this team is at the top of its game it's really good and over these uh at these next few meets here these next three with penn state taking on michigan penn state taking on iowa i mean they they got some heavy lifting to do here um 
and it's going to be exciting. That's why they uh, had the Bryce Jordan Center mapped out for this one. But they did go up to Madison. They did wrestle against a ranked Wisconsin team that they they handled accordingly. It was uh, twenty eight to eleven when all said and done. Uh, but there are some key spots that I really that you could just not ignore if you watch the dual meet itself or just looked at the box score. I mean, Levi Haynes, I feel like, has taken over that 157 position. Uh, he defeated a ranked Garrett model, number 16. And it's not like, okay, this was a five to four close decision. This was a true, this was a major decision. He beat him 16 to six. I mean, were you surprised? Were you expecting this? Is this everything that Levi Haynes is all cracked up to be? Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting, Zach, because uh, all year, uh, you know, people have been asking me if if and when uh, Levi is going to come out of red shirt. And I, I really think the coaching staff uh, wanted and maybe even still now wants to red shirt Levi. Mm-hmm. I just think that they can't uh, afford to that with the way he is wrestling. And, and it's nothing against Terrell Barracla. It's just. Uh, you know, Levi is the next in the the long line of uh, remarkable talents uh, that Kale has been able to bring into the uh, the program. But when you look at the 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 way he is progressing here through his freshman campaign, and you know, it reminds me a little bit. And I'm not looking to put that the type of pressure on him uh, that he's going to be the next David Taylor. But uh, you know, Taylor did redshirt his freshman year, but when you look at the way he is uh, improving and the leaps that he's making really week by week, it reminds me of David Taylor in that red shirt campaign in that, you know, David came in and uh, you know, Kyler Sanderson was the the starter that year at 157 and Kyler was handling David. Uh, I won't say easily, but I mean, he, he was decisively winning uh, sure, that first yeah. month or so that David was in the room and by the time January rolled around, uh, Taylor was handling him uh, pretty consistently. And again, that year they kind of had decided they were going to uh, hold off and save up for for 2011, which obviously paid big dividends that uh, following season with the first of Kale's national titles. But I think Levi, you know, when you look at the the big picture stuff, could Penn State win the national title without Levi Haynes? Yes, if everybody's healthy and everybody wrestles up to par, but there's no assurance of either of that. And I just think Levi, the way he's starting to separate now, and I think this will be a, a really interesting weekend uh, because Will Lewan is uh, is a really good, you know, he's an All-American contender. I don't think he's a national title threat at 157, but he he's definitely has the potential to be, you know, a middle-of-the-pack All-American, a fourth or fifth guy. And certainly, I think uh, Michigan is kind of counting on him, at least getting onto the podium. And so the situation Penn State is in is it, you could still pump the brakes if you need to. I don't. I think Levi's going to come out and have a terrific weekend and solidify that he is the guy moving forward and that he may, in fact, be a title contender here right out of the gates. But if, you know, he goes out and it's like, oh, wait a second, you know, he either wins a really close match with Lawan or loses and like you're not sure, it's his fifth date uh, of competition. So if, if, you know, they see something Friday night that makes them think, you know what, maybe we got a little carried away, they can still keep the, the red shirt on. Again, I am not expecting that to happen. I think Levi Haynes 
showed against model that he is the real deal and, and then some. And again, I think the improvement that he's going to make between now and March is probably going to be as significant as anybody on the team just because, again, he's absorbing. Uh, he's, he's still in the learning process. And he's one of those guys, like all of the great ones Penn State has had, he really does learn from each match, and he applies those lessons to the next one. And again, I, I really do think by the end of the year, he's going. I don't know that he's going to win the title, but I think he's going to be a legit contender. I mean, I think he's going to be wow. one of the four or five guys who could have their hand raised on Saturday night uh, in Tulsa. Wow, you heard it here first, Big Ten, and then uh, hopefully National Championship uh, as well, where it really gets nitty and gritty. Now, the Murderer's Row handled business, Starachi, Brooks, uh, Dean, and Kirkfleet, but I, I want to include Alex Facundo in that bunch, but he didn't wrestle out in Madison. I, I imagine this is injury-related. I don't need you to give me a doctor's note, Jeff, but just should we be concerned about Alex Facundo's absence, and is he going to be available for Michigan? Yeah, he he got a little dinged up, and and I thought uh, I thought he was a virtual certainty to wrestle this weekend, uh, and he has not had any setbacks. But uh, I'm not sure that it's a guarantee right now that he, that he's wrestling uh, this weekend. They they are uh, wanting to be a little cautious and make sure that they you know don't do something silly at this time of the year and re-aggravate something. Uh, before it's completely uh, healed, and again, it's it's not uh, it's nothing major. He will definitely be ready to go by March. I'm just not. Sure. I'm really hoping he goes this weekend because I think he has uh, two really big opportunities here uh, against Michigan and Michigan State, and especially against Michigan with uh, Amin. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cameron Amin I think is up to number five. I saw in the Intermat rankings today. Um, and I just think win, lose, or, uh, you know, however it goes, I just think it's about it would be really beneficial for, for uh, Facundo to get under his belt uh, before making the turn toward the uh, postseason. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure they're going to make a final decision until they see how Alex uh, is feeling and, you know, talking everything over with the medical staff. Again, it's not anything major. And, you know, I know fans uh, – hate it when you say if, if this was the Big Ten tournament or Nationals, he'd go. But that is the case. I mean, it, it's not a situation where he uh, just absolutely can't compete. It is a situation where you don't want to bring him back and put him in a situation where he could re-aggravate something and then something that is not that major and that you know can be healed before uh, you know the tournament rolls around suddenly becomes a, a lingering and ongoing problem. So um, – I wish I could give you a more definitive answer, but right. I, I'm not sure anybody – I mean, I really don't know that Penn State knows right now uh, with certainty whether or not uh, he's going to go here Friday night. It is Locked on Nittany Lions with the voice of Penn State Wrestling, Jeff Ironhead Byers on the other side. I am Zach Seiko, and when we return, we're going to talk a little more in-depth about Penn State and Michigan, and we won't overlook Michigan State either. Uh, a little blip on the Spartans as well, but the Wolverines and Nittany Lions are in the Bryce Jordan Center for Friday, and we're talking that next. 
Penn State versus Michigan in the Bryce Jordan Center Friday, January 20th. Uh, you got to be there. You got to listen to it. Uh, Jeff, before we move any further, of course, where where can everyone watch, listen to this match, listen to you in particularly? Because I know the Big Ten Network's going to be all over that, but uh, some people definitely uh, deserve and want to hear the hometown coverage. Yep, go PSUsports.com. They have the audio link there. Uh, and listen, I, I do think that this is uh, – this is one of those matches that's just great for the, the sport. I think this is a really good uh, dual meet team in Michigan. I don't know that they have as much uh, top-end uh, talent uh, you know, to make a, a lot of noise in terms of the national tournament, but they are really solid top to bottom. I mean, they have a lot of guys ranked in that 5 to 15 range. Uh, and I think that, uh, again, Penn State needs to be ready to go uh friday night or, or this this could be a real dangerous dual meet and i know locally it will be carried on radio one 1037 and 1043 that is the uh, local coverage on the fm radio if you are in the state college penn state area yes go psu sports if you want to hear jeff on the call starting at 6 40 p.m eastern time this Friday. So uh, logistics out of the way and Michigan's coming in number three overall. It depends where you look at the rankings, but in the coaches poll, uh, we'll, we'll listen to the coaches here. They have them at number three. Penn state is the consensus number one team. So it doesn't really get any better than this until it comes to Iowa, but Wolverines first, uh, we talked about Levi Haynes, and he's got an interesting matchup, uh, like you mentioned, with uh, Will Lewan, who is the uh, younger brother, if I'm not mistaken, of NFL tackle Taylor Lewan. Yep. Uh, so athleticism just runs in the family here. Uh, but is that the matchup you're most excited for? Which one are you circling? I, I really like Roman Bravo Young's at 133 and, of course, the uh, the end of it all at heavyweight. So if you had to maybe rank those three from uh, – Top through bottom. Who do you do? Who, yeah, which think, one? Which uh, one's the most exciting? Yeah, if if Facundo goes, uh, and that's a big if, but I, him and Amin is is probably for me. Uh, I, I'd have a tough time choosing between that and the the Haynes Lawan bout is is the okay. one I'm most uh, excited about because I think both of those are bouts that could go either way, and will kind of give a, a definitive uh, feel for where uh, those two freshmen. Uh, you know, true freshman and Levi Haynes and uh, redshirt freshman and Alex Facundo are on the national stage right now. Uh, and I just think, again, I, win, lose, uh, whatever. I, I just think those are good bouts to get under your belt uh, right now as, as freshman and, and be able to put into your uh, learning experience as you make the turn toward the postseason. So for me, those are the two bouts I'm, I'm most looking forward to. Obviously, you're going to have number one versus number two at heavyweight, and that'll get a lot of uh, interest. Uh, in my mind, I mean, Greg Kirkfleet, you know, had Mason Paris's number last year, and I think a bigger, <laughs> leaner, more confident Greg Kirkfleet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know Mason Paris is obviously getting better too, but I, I just think Kirkfleet, uh, is going to separate uh, even further is, is what I think is going to happen uh, in that particular bout. So, uh, you know, that one probably on, on paper would be the match of the night. I just, uh, and we'll see. I mean, I, I could be proven completely wrong. I just think Kirkfleet uh, will, will win that one. Uh, I just think his offense is going to be too much for, uh, for Paris from the neutral position. 
Um, and then, you know, the other one that I am uh, just interested to, to see, again, just kind of where where we're at here is uh, Shane Van Ness and uh, yeah. Chance Lamer at, at 49. Again, I think Van Ness should win that. But, uh, you know, how much separation is there there? And, um, you know, probably more about how Shane wrestles that bout. Uh, again, as, as you're looking to kind of separate yourself from the lower part of the top 20 and, and vault yourself into kind of the top eight type of uh, thinking if you're a, a freshman. So I, I think that's a, an important bout uh, in the overall scheme here, uh, too. Those, those are probably the bouts I'm, I'm most looking forward to. <clears throat> 141 could be a little bit of a dangerous one for Bo yeah. Bartlett, too. But again, I just think Bo's wrestling well enough now that I, I'm not expecting that to be a, a real close bout. It may be close score wise. I guess I should say I'm not expecting Bartlett to ever feel threatened uh, mm-hmm. and, and feel like he's in danger of letting that one get away. Yeah. I, I look at this one and I, you know, take some of the expert opinions in because it seems like the consensus on the outside is that, well, Michigan and Penn state are going to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then it's going to come down to a winner take all type of setup at heavyweight at 285 between Mason Paris and Greg Kirkfleet. And you and I kind of looked at each other right before we hopped on this call (laughs) on the show here. And we said, that's not going to be the case. I'm looking at these head to head matchups and I think Penn state's going to be well ahead uh, of six points when it gets to 285. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of good bouts, competitive bouts, but I mean, on I shouldn't I, on Penn State's paper, I guess, <laughs> coming out from the no. Penn State perspective. I mean, I think Penn State, and I'm not predicting this or expecting it, but I think Penn State can win nine of the ten bouts. I mean, 125, Jack mm-hmm. Medley is, is rightfully a prohibitive favorite over Gary Steen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that, I mean, there's not about there that I'm looking at saying, oh, yeah, chalk that one up for Michigan, definitely. Yeah. And I think there are some that, you know, pretty definitely you chalk up for Penn State. So, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm exp- I, I'm trying to be impartial, but I, I really think Penn State's going to win seven or eight. Uh, of the uh, the 10 bouts i i really do and and that's you know if facundo wrestles obviously if facundo doesn't wrestle yeah. uh you know 25 and 65 i think are pretty definitively in michigan's uh, column but if facundo goes uh, i think Prince has a, a legitimate chance to run uh the table in the final nine bouts here friday night Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I look at 149 and 157, and I say those are toss-ups because of who you're getting, who the guys are drawing. Uh, 165, I think, is in that case, too. Uh, Hopefully, Facundo is available. But I look at 174. I look at 184. I look at 197. And and that's where I think Penn State's going to get bonus points. If Michigan's going to win any of those other weights, it's only going to be because of a decision. It's not going to be a major or a tech fall or even a pin. So, and I think Penn state in those like 174, I have no doubt in my mind that Carter Storacci is going to get a five or a six point uh, decision there. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think Penn state has uh, again, medley at, at 25, <coughs> excuse me, could get bonus points for Michigan. But after that, you know, there's probably two or three weights that Penn state could uh, get bonus or, you know, you, you would look at it and say, yeah, that's a pretty realistic possibility. 
Uh, and then again, I, there's a couple of bouts that I, I, in my mind, that they could go either way, regardless of rankings. Uh, but at the end of the day, again, I, I think Penn State uh, does get some bonus points and wins again. I, I think if Facundo goes, Penn State wins at least seven of the bouts. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, to me, kind of worst case scenario, Penn State wins six uh, and gets you know, at least as many, if not more bonus points in Michigan, which makes it pretty hard then for the Wolverines to find a a path to victory there. And I know Penn State, Michigan is the headline matchup. And again, that's Friday and you're going to have coverage beginning at 640 PM Eastern time on gopsusports.com, Jeff. Uh, But I don't want to gloss over the Spartans because they're still tough Big Ten competition. Penn State's back in rec hall on Sunday. I know that's a 1 PM start Eastern time. And again, you'll be on the call for that as well. But how how can Penn State stay level headed after coming off the high of wrestling a number three Michigan team going up against an unranked Spartans team? Yeah, and I do think that's going to be the challenge uh, for Penn State, right, is is to, you know, zero back in, take care of business here uh, on Sunday. They'll obviously be uh, a heavy favorite over Michigan State. Michigan State has some really good individuals. Uh, Chase Saldate is uh, really good at 157. Again, Le- Levi Haynes, I think we're going to find out that this weekend just exactly uh, where he is. And I mm-hmm. I expect that the news is going to be – excuse me, very good for Penn State because I, I just think he's uh, he's primed for a big weekend and a big uh, stretch run here. But these are two really good matches for him to, to be able to get uh, at this stage of the season to kind of, again, get the, the measuring stick, but also get a feel for a couple of different styles uh, of guys that, you know, are going to be comparable to who he's going to have to be to to get where he wants to to be at the end of the season so um and michigan state is is a solid dual meet team again tournament wise i I think they're going to have a a tough time i you know i'm I'm not sure there's a surefire uh, all-american in the lineup they could end up with uh, probably three all-americans if things go right but i think uh you know for penn state it's just going to be a matter of all right let's refocus Uh, not take anything for granted, just go out and wrestle, have fun, and, uh, you know, hopefully build off of a a good showing Friday night and then uh, try to keep that momentum rolling into next Friday when the the Hawkeyes come to town. So again, this Friday, everybody out there, go PSUsports.com. You can listen to Jeff Ironhead Byers on the call as he previews the match, and then the dual meet is in complete action. And you do this solo, so it is all you from start to finish. Uh, you'll have interviews and everything else, and then you can follow that up uh, against Michigan State back in Rec Hall, and that's Sunday at 1240 broadcast start on gopsusports.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Ironhead Byers, always a privilege to talk Penn State wrestling, Penn State sports in general, as we got a good insight into your ideas and thoughts around Penn State football. And I can't wait to have you back on to talk about Penn State and Iowa. I uh, look forward to that. That's going to be uh, probably the dual meet of the year in, in college wrestling, and it always gets uh, fans across the country riled up. So that'll be a, a fun one for sure as well. But uh, as always, appreciate the opportunity, Zach. Thanks again for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen today. But you got to go check out the brand new show. It is Locked on College Basketball here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players, all of it at Locked On College Basketball on YouTube and wherever else you get your podcasts. 
Before I let you go, just want to remind you, please subscribe to the YouTube channel for Locked on Nittany Lines. Like your favorite episodes, comment any feedback. I like the debate going on about who should be the next Penn State wide receivers coach. I'm a firm believer it's Bobby Ingram. You're not going to change my mind otherwise. I think he's the right fit with the time that he's played in the NFL, the time that he's coached in the NFL, and also uh, what he's done in the collegiate ranks as well. He's got the resume, and he is the only choice as Penn State's next wide receiver coach. But we're going to continue to discuss that, the running back position, uh, key changes in the transfer portal, additions that they picked up like a Malik McNeil. It is all coming up here soon on Locked On Nittany Lions.